0: Welcome to the Self-Made Babe podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Altuve, and I'm the founder of Self-Made Babe. Self-Made Babe is a community and digital platform empowering career-driven women to achieve their version of success. The Self-Made Babe podcast is the go-to podcast for women looking for entrepreneurship, career, social media, self-development, lifestyle, and wellness tips. Visit our website at selfmadebabe.com to find everything you need to become a self made babe. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yay. Welcome back to the live podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Altuve, in case you are new to the Self-Made Babe podcast and the Self-Made Babe world, and in case you skipped over the trailer, it's okay, I do it too. Today's podcast episode is going to be a very fun one because we have Nina Marinero, and Nina Marinero is a New York-based lawyer, former lawyer, and owns a digital law firm, that aims to protect online entrepreneurs at an affordable price. Both her law firm, Nina Marinero ESQ PLLC, and her contract template shop, The Contract Guru, aka The CEO Shop, offer a modern approach to a traditional business. So today we're going to go over what you need to know in order to protect yourself along with your brand. So hi, Nina! Hey. Welcome Hi. Welcome to the self-made podcast. I have been wanting Nina to hop on this podcast for the past like eight years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Since like day one of the podcast. But I finally found time to come on. I'm so excited. And I'm excited too. Yeah, let's get this party started.
0: So before we dive in, I guess um, if that intro was enough, would you like to talk a little bit about yourself before we dive in
1: sure so um i have been a lawyer licensed for almost five years now um i graduated law school back in 2015 and all throughout law school i was working with different government agencies right after law school i was working at a lobbying firm and so along the way i was reading tons and tons of contracts i was talking to really high level company companies and ceos all along the way and Eventually, I decided that that ideal client wasn't my ideal client, or that client wasn't my ideal client. I didn't know that vocabulary yet, but I decided to quit my job and leave New York to travel. Along the way, I met a bunch of um, digital nomads and online business owners right when I was first learning about what coaches are or what coaches do. A lot of people at the time were calling themselves like Instagram strategists or social media managers or they were freelance writers and things like that. And there was a common thread amongst all of my friends that I met when I was traveling and hanging out with people who were working all day while I was still trying to figure out what my business would be, right? I didn't really have like an idea yet and I didn't fully know that I would be able to bring my legal expertise online. Um, actually it 's like illegal for me to say i 'm an expert and a lawyer, so i didn 't know it was I was allowed to bring my legal knowledge online um, but anyway, I, I noticed a common thread, and that was that a lot of my friends were having a lot of issues with contracts. They either didn 't have contracts or they were freelancers or service providers who like were really struggling to get people to pay them from six months ago. And so it gave me an idea to start my own contract template shop and start doing legal services for these type of online business owners. And at the time when I started, this was January 2018. I was kind of just dabbling in it. Again, I still didn't really know if it was possible for me to be a lawyer online or anything like that. So I didn't really have anyone to look up to. Now I have a community of other lawyers who I know are doing something similar to me. But at the time, it was like really crazy to make that shift. So even though, yes, I have a degree, yes, I have a law license, I have the same struggles as you guys, not knowing where to start, not knowing who to look up to, you know, Googling my way through everything and really starting from scratch. And so today, I have a digital contract template shop for uh, online coaches and consultants, service providers. Um, And I have them organized by niche so that it's really easy to use. And I also have my law firm where I focus on brand protection. And um, yeah, it's something that Marie and I connected over about a year, almost a year and a half ago now. Uh, We connected early on in my law firm journey.
0: I love that. I am so excited because Nina has grown so much in her past, the year that I've known her. And I feel like she's grown professionally, financially, she's grown creatively. Like, it, it's I so incredible that. to see a dear friend, even though it never started out that, that way. But
1: yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, okay. actually, that's a funny story, Marie and I actually met because of like, you know, me just being a lawyer in a Facebook group, you know, chiming in and like, telling her how it was. But usually when you get into like, usually when you leave like a not an argumentative Facebook comment, like you expect someone to like fight back with you. But Marie was so open minded, wanted to learn and we ended up uh, early on collaborating. That's how our friendship started collaborating on business tips for new um, legal tips for new business owners way back last summer. So it's just amazing at how far we've come. And for all of you who do know my profile and do know my website and things like that, Marie is single-handedly the most impactful person in my brand because she has helped me over the last year in 2020 um, develop my brand. I didn't really have a brand before that. I didn't have strong um, brand values. I didn't have like consistency with like colors and fonts. And so through a mixture of her actually taking on some branding for me and also coaching me through branding, like mentoring me. Now I feel like I get so many compliments on my little graphics and I owe it to Marie. So Ah, thank Thank you,
0: you. go check out (laughs) detailist.co if you want some branding services. But today we're talking about Nina. So I'm gonna go over a few questions that I have prepared for Nina. But if you have any questions for Nina, for the people watching on the Instagram live, feel free to drop them down below. So that Nina can answer them in the Q and A period. But the first thing that I want to touch on, and that I want you to talk about, is educating the self made babe community on your popular saying, "Act like a CEO."
1: Yeah. So So tell us more. Actually, that actually became my signature workshop, and "Act" is an acronym, so it stands for administrative contracts and templates and those are the three buckets of legal protections that you need as a new business owner so administrative is things like business formation having your llc or your s corp or whatever your business entity is and this might come as a shock to you but sole proprietorships do not count those offer zero legal protection for you um, and then things like setting up your business bank account and getting your ein and things like that um then we have c for contracts which is all about me going through and describing the different types of contracts that online business owners need a lot of people think that they can just get away with having one contract like a client contract and use it for everything and that's simply not the case that is a very unsophisticated view of looking at contracts because i get all the time um requests to review contracts for people who you know either brands hand it to them or an employer or like, you know, someone who they're doing contract work for hands it to them. And I look and I could totally tell who just like copied and pasted and tried to combine a bunch of different contracts. And that's very, very sketchy and very risky because I've reviewed contracts that say something like, you know, assistant coach is being hired by a coach for their coaching program. And then people will be saying like, Oh, you'll pay us $10,000 for this coaching program. And it's like, no, that is not the case. Okay. By the way, I'm sorry, my boyfriend decided to, like, win- like do the leaves. It's fall here in Minnesota, and he's, like, wind blowing <laughs> the leaves right now. So if you're background, noise, he's literally... Oh, it's fine. Can you shut the door, Ryan? <laughs> anyway, um, thank you. So as I was saying, I literally... <laughs> and there goes the door slam. So hashtag camper life. Um, but... <laughs> as I was saying, like I've reviewed contracts for people where they were supposed to be hired by someone. And then it says that they owe the person 10 grand for the coaching program. And I'm like, wait, isn't this a contract for them to pay you for you to do work for them. So it's it, it really leaves a bad taste in someone's mouth, they can see even if you're a multiple six figure business owner, like this company supposedly was, um, it could be really just like, you know, it doesn't build good brand reputation at all because you can't assume that the only person reading the contract is the person you're handing it to. It creates a lot of legal issues. Like if my client would have signed that, she would have been on the hook. And so basically the C and act like a CEO is all those kinds of contract things, right? Because you need more than just a client contract. And then T is for trademarks um, and brand protection, which we can get into in a little bit. That's a whole nother can of worms. Um, But it's really important to think about early on.
0: Definitely. And I wanted to touch on your acronym ACT, which is like admin contracts and trademarking. When it comes to the administration part, like actually legalizing your business, I feel like a lot of people just think, oh, I'm just going to open a shop on Shopify and I already started a business. When in reality, you need to have, first of all, you need to legalize your business. You have to register within the state, register within the U.S. government. You have to get. All of these processes done before you can actually start selling so that you can do things the right way and not Mm -hmm. infringe on taxes or like whatever could go wrong in the eyes of the government. And also, one thing that I would love for you to talk about is that starting out, a lot of people don't know that contracts are necessary or that they need a privacy policy on their website or that they need a terms of service or a a product terms on their website so i'd love for you to talk about that
1: yeah for the administrative part yeah so for the administrative part again i was kind of touched on it before where a lot of people think oh well i like registered as a sole proprietor so I'm good I have a business but there's a big miscommunication I think between a lot of sites that you find when you google things or what your accountant says so with every consideration that I talk about under this admin umbrella um there's an there's a financial perspective and then there's a legal perspective. So even though your accountant might say, Oh, there's no difference between a sole proprietorship and an LLC. That's just from a tax standpoint. That's not from a legal standpoint. So what some people do and you don't have to do this. So if you did pay the government and register as a sole proprietorship, you just got scammed out of money, in my opinion, because you don't really need to tell anyone that you're a sole proprietorship because under at least New York state where I'm from, if you didn't register as a sole proprietor and you're selling things, you're still a sole proprietor. That just means that you don't have a separate business entity. As soon as you file an LLC or an S corp or a C corp, you, or a partnership or whatever it is, you become a separate legal entity, which means like you're a separate person, a separate citizen under the eyes of the law. So you pay your own taxes, you can take out loans, you can own property. You can have your own bank account. And what it does is it creates a shield between you as like Nina, the person or Marie Ann the person and Nina, the business, the owner who happens to be the owner of this business. So if God forbid anything ever happens where there's any liability on your part, like let's say you're a coach. Someone blames you for their decision to, if you're a relationship coach, they blame you for their decision to get a divorce, or they blame you for a decision to leave their job if you're a business coach, which, um, spoiler alert, that's why contracts are really important so that you don't get blamed for those things. Which we'll dive into very soon. Which we'll dive into. But God forbid you do get um, blamed for anything. If you did not, if you're only a sole proprietorship, or if you don't have any business registered, guess what? They can come after your house your car, your bank account, if it's a side hustle, they can garnish your wages, which means before you get your paycheck from your job, they can like, get paid directly from your employer and like get a chunk of payment every time like, you get a paycheck at your job, right? That's what garnishing your wages means. So you know, it's really dangerous for people to not have an, at least an LLC or an S Corp or whatever And then after you, you know, the difference between LLC, S Corp, those kinds of things, yeah, there's a few legal differences, but really that's where it's better to talk to an accountant and understand the tax differences because that's where it becomes more important. The more important thing from a legal perspective is that you just have some business entity. And again, I can't stress enough, sole proprietorships do not count. They're not the same as an LLC. You can be a single member LLC, meaning you're a solopreneur LLC, But it's different than the sole proprietorship even if you're taxed the same way like i'm taxed through my i pay my personal income taxes my business income is taxed on my personal income taxes even as an llc so that's where people think that there's no difference between an llc and a um, sole proprietorship but there's a big legal difference and so i hope that you guys really protect your personal assets um especially if you're married, like you don't want your marital assets, your husband's assets and things like that um, affected. So make sure that you at least set up a separate business entity.
0: Yeah, that's extremely important. And I love that you touched that. So now we can talk about the C in ACT, which is contracts (laughs) and the importance of contracts, because I know a lot of solopreneurs and a lot of people that just want to ditch the nine to five or the corporate ladder. And they just start working on the side, and they're just like, "I'll just take whatever I can, because right. this is the only way out." So, because of that mentality that they have, they kind of screw themselves over because there's they don't have contracts in place, they don't establish a client, a professional-to-client relationship, and they don't get paid or like they don't establish um, boundaries in their contracts. So Mm -hmm. what is your take and what's your message? Because I remember in our live months ago, there was someone that hopped on that asked you, hey, look, like I did this artwork for someone and Mm -hmm. they haven't paid me. And we basically just told him like, you're kind of screwed, all right? Take it as a loss (laughs) and keep it going. But for all the people who are just getting started or are almost gonna put themselves into that situation, What are your tips and why do you think contracts are so necessary
1: yeah that's a great question because contracts aren't important like only because of who gets paid you know a lot of times you hear oh take beta clients and make them free clients to get you know experience before you charge which first of all i understand taking beta clients and i understand wanting to charge you know nothing but i would encourage you to at least ask for something in return, make it a bargain for exchange. So even if you're not getting paid monetarily, make sure that there's some kind of exchange, make sure that they're definitely going to give you testimonials, or they're definitely going to give you detailed feedback, or it's going to be a skill swap, or maybe you get like a free product or whatever it is, right. And that is something that definitely needs to be put in the contract. Um, The other thing is, you know, all the other stuff. So making sure that if they do give you a testimonial, you have a waiver to be able to use that testimonial. A lot of times, you might be violating FTC, which is federal regulations by just like putting out testimonials as marketing material without a permission from the author, and B without like all these certain disclaimers about earnings. Like if you see coaches that are like, my client, you know, it's just like a screenshot of a message that's like, I earned 20k in this launch, like, that's violating some rules. But That's a whole nother story for another day. But in any event, like you still need to make sure that you have rights. I've seen clients who are multiple seven figure business owners get in trouble for they didn't have a contract from me before they came to me, but you know, they were using people's testimonials. In their marketing material and in their advertising material and people were reaching out to the subject like the person who li- left a testimonial and flooding her DMS with questions and it got to be annoying for that person and so she was like can you take down my testimonial and it was a whole big you know battle between it does she have the right to use that testimonial or not because it was a, an amazing success story for my client but it was also understandably really annoying and sketchy for the other person because right. my client never got you know like she never had a contract before me. So it's really important to have that written permission. The other thing is, especially if you're a done for you service provider or a coach, you wanna make sure your intellectual property is protected. So in all the, the lessons that you give and all of the like frameworks that you teach them and systems that you teach them. And you know, even if you're a done for you service provider, like a photographer or a graphic designer, you wanna make sure there's some kind of um, clause in there about who owns the intellectual property. I see this all the time about people who create logos or something like that. And then the person doesn't pay all the way. Okay, well, now who owns that logo? Who owns that web design? Do I have the right to take down, you know, that person's website, because they paid me partially. And it's really a gray area, because you need to have that spelled out in contracts. And so that leads me to my next point, which is, You know, a lot of people think they can just write their own contracts. And unless you're, you have a lot of experience writing contracts, um, you shouldn't write your own because it's not about what the contract says, but it's about what the contract doesn't say that screws you over. So a lot of people who think, oh, I can write my own contract. I could just jot it down in an email or a piece of paper or whatever, they don't think about things like how to clearly write who owns the intellectual property and under which conditions and at what point it transfers ownership to the other person. Do you have a license to like, even if you do allow, because it's a work for hire, the other person to own that logo or own that written copy or own that photo, do you have the authority to put it in your portfolio or on your Instagram or on your website as past work? It really depends on the contract. and so. It's what the contract doesn't say that usually screws people over, you know especially with online business, where you're working with people across borders, what law is the contract to govern under? Is it under US law? Okay, what state? Like, is it under Florida where, you know, if say Marie and I got in a legal fight, which I hope never happens, would it be under Florida or would it be under New York where I'm licensed and where my business is registered, right? So these things need to be in the contract. And I can tell you for a fact, The people who I work with most often for custom contracts, not even my contract templates, are people who have extensive experience negotiating contracts. Those are the people who come to me, like they don't just even get the DIY templates that I have, the, peop- the more contract experience someone has, the more likely they're going to hire a lawyer like me to review the contract that they wrote or review every contract that they sign or write it from scratch because with more experience, you understand that more shit happens. Like right i know people think oh it's never going to happen to me but it's not based on you like your behavior it's a lot of times based on the client's behavior and so that's another reason why i love using contracts because that negotiation process helps you filter out bad vibes and then guess what if there's a fight when you're signing the contract great you don't have to sign it and then guess what nothing you ever agreed upon has to take place because the contract wasn't signed right so you right can walk away and not feel like you know screwed over or they're screwed over because That's the whole benefit of using a contract is nothing's done until it's done and it's signed.
0: Right. And that's always something that I always recommend. Self-made babes is that never do work unless you get the contract signed and then you get the paid invoice. All right. (laughs) But one thing that I wanted to go over is that, you know, many solopreneurs are starting to solidify their online presence, and so they're creating a website for themselves. And I want you to tell them what three things they need on their website, because it's so important, because they can get sued immediately if they don't have it, so. Yes, so
1: um, Marie, great point, because I know you, I do remember you asked me about this at the beginning of your question, but I got off on a rant, website privacy policies. So these are required by law, in US, and I know the European Union has one, like pretty much every developed nation, I'm sure even probably other nations have some sort of requirement that you need to, no matter if you're a business or not, any website needs to have a privacy policy on there that says how you collect, use, and share people's data. Now, you might be thinking, well, I don't collect people's data, I don't use people's data, I don't share people's data. You might not, but the third-party plugins that you use, or WordPress might, and even if you don't use someone's data or share someone's data, you need a privacy policy that says that you don't use people's data or share people's data. And that is something that's required by law. I have a website privacy policy template where I've drafted it to be broad enough where it would encompass like, you know, if you did use people's data, like, you know, for especially like a Shopify site or some kind of e com store where you're like, okay, well, You know, I do have like targeted ads that pop up based on like, you know, their performance or I trigger, you know, maybe I'll trigger like abandoned cart emails or something like that. That's still using people's data to send them information and things like that. And so I've drafted a website privacy policy that's narrow enough where it would make sure that, you know. You're not doing anything crazy. It's not like you're like, you know, Amazon or Google or any of these crazy tech companies, but still broad enough where, okay, even if you did try to use targeted ads or something, you'd still be covered. And just as a little bonus for you guys, one little secret hack is that I also have a podcast. It's called CEO Skills Radio, Shameless Plug. And inside each episode, I have a quote unquote ad which is really just me. And I tell you how you can get a free website privacy policy from my shop. So check out my podcast after Marie's podcast, if you're interested. (laughs) And I'll have Marie on one day. So we'll figure out, you know, a day where she comes on. But you can get a free one from me, even though, you know, it's not great to DIY that at all. And definitely don't copy and paste it from someone else's website. Um, I believe that Vanessa Lau who actually she's whose Facebook group we met in last year she did a YouTube video last year where she mentioned like her top whatever mistakes in her first year of business and one of them that I remember was she copied and pasted someone's website privacy policy and I remember like that It on hers and then she got like like a threatening lawsuit letter like which is really called a cease and desist but she got like a threatening letter from the lawyer who drafted the website privacy policy because guess what just like you wouldn't want anyone stealing your photos or your Instagram graphics my intellectual property is my contracts so if you steal my contracts you better believe i'm gonna find out i'm gonna expend resources to figure out who's stealing my shit and not only that whoever paid me for that contract it's their intellectual property as well so you're infringing on other people's intellectual property rights just like if i stole your whole instagram right so it's no different um and i wouldn't want to fuck with a lawyer i mean like that's number one like pick (laughs) pick your battles come on and number two (laughs) is you know, it's required by law, but I try to make it as accessible as possible. And that's why I do have a way for you to get a free one for my site. The other thing that you need on your website is your website terms and conditions. This isn't required by law, but it's useful because inside there it has like terms of use or terms of service where you basically say like, okay, um, you know, you have your disclaimer. This is, and I'm sure I think that might be what you're referring to as the third thing you need on your website. I Yeah, the disclaimer. Yeah, I bake that into the terms of use where it's like, you know, this website's for in- for informational purposes only. It's, you know, I'm not making any guarantee, especially with my law firm website or if you're a business coach or a life coach, you have to say like, none of this stuff is personalized advice. This is general. There's no attorney client relationship formed here. Um, and you'll also have other things in the terms of use where it's like, you know, about who owns the intellectual property. If you have stock photos, just disclaiming that you have the right to them a bunch of different, you know, blanket terms. And so what I did, as opposed to having it two separate, you know, sometimes you'll see the website privacy policy referred to as a cookie policy. And then, you know, you'll see terms of use or terms and conditions for the website, and people will have it as like two different links on the bottom, you know, their footer, but I just put it all into one because I don't. I mean, the whole point is that someone reads it and, like, do I really expect people are going to click on two different links and, like, read two different contracts on my website? No, probably right. not. So I just put it into one, and that's what you can get, which has the disclaimer in it. All three of those you can get for free if you... And I'll just tell you how you can do it. You listen to my podcast, you leave an honest review, take a screenshot, send it to me, and you can get a free website privacy policy, terms and conditions, Perfect. and disclaimer.
0: Perfect. Okay, and... Lastly, now that we have gone over contracts and what everyone needs on their website, because that's something that a lot of online starting online entrepreneurs are messing up in. But the next thing that I would love to talk about is trademarks and actually protecting your brand. Oh, gosh. Because that's important. Do you want what...
1: to tell maybe a little? Yeah, sure. Memory?
0: Yeah, so when it comes to trademarking your brand, <laughs> as a uh, as a public service announcement, just because you register within your state, register within the IRS, mm-hmm. um, register your business within the state and the IRS and the federal level, that does not mean that you are protecting your business. The way that you can protect your business is through trademarking right. the of your logo the of the or a slogan.
1: Yeah. So
0: you can do this in different ways it can be on a word mark or you can actually do a service mark correct
1: yeah so it's a word mark or a a a design mark logo but you're right you could do your slogan you could do the name of your product you could do the name of your business but what marie is essentially saying is that just because you have an llc with that name like let's use self-made Babe. Just because you might have an LLC that's self-made babe in the state of Florida or wherever, it doesn't mean that you own the rights to use that name. Because when you file a company at state by state level, so there could be a self-made babe LLC in New York, there could be a self-made babe LLC in California, and no one has like the quote-unquote trademark, like the ownership of that name. Um, you would need to file a tra- you would need to register a trademark to be able to prevent other people from using that. And even if you have the trademark, it's up to you to monitor it and make sure that even after you own the trademark, own the name, you know, there still might be someone who's able to file Self-Made Babe in Texas, and they'll still be able to get it approved by the state because all the state looks at is, is there another Self-Made Babe LLC in Texas? And they're going to say, oh, no, they're not going to check to see if it's trademarked. So that's up to you as the trademark owner to constantly monitor it. And that's where some people, um, you know, they think that, oh, just because I have the, the URL or I have the Instagram handle or I have an LLC with this name, they think it's okay and that it's clear, but you should really be doing a trademark, what's called a knockout search on the US government's website before you ever file the LLC or use the domain name or, or get the Instagram handle just to make sure that it's not owned by someone.
0: Definitely, and that's something that Nina and I are going through together. Yes, it's our first trademark experience together, and I'm yep. trying to get "self-made, babe." Make sure that it's mine. Make sure that no one else is going to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a process. I don't know if I should go deeper. Yeah, if, if you want, we can go deeper.
1: Process, and it's a process that we've been working on for not ten months now, right? It's been ten months yeah. since we started it, and we're nowhere near over it yet. So it's a long-term investment, but and it's a long term process. And that's why there's a balance because you want to make sure, you know, one thing I will say, if it's okay with you, Marie is like, when you first came to me about this. So Marie first came to me about this last July. And then, you know, there's a there's a dance you have to do about, okay, is it too early? And, you know, we made the decision that last July might have been a little early. But then now, you know, the longer you wait, the more risk it gets. And so that's all I'll say. But Essentially, you want to do this dance and really talk to a lawyer about your options because you might think it's too early to invest all the time and really commit to the brand name, but then the longer you wait, the more risky it gets that someone else files it first. And then even if you've been using it longer, you have to go through so many legal hurdles and that could be really expensive and time consuming. Um, And so it becomes like more risky the longer you wait. What I will say is like the right time to go talk to a lawyer about these things is when you feel like you get a download right from the universe or you get that like sensation that just that intuitive knowing of, wow, this is the name I want to use. And you feel committed to it, you know, sit on Mm -hmm. it for like a week or so and then really think, okay, is this the name I'm going to go with? And then just talk to a lawyer because they could do a knockout search for you Which is free but then those aren't even perfect because they only show if it's like word for word that's not the standard that the government uses they use is it going to confuse the consumer between the two brands so knockout searches help you which is the free search to see if it's like word for word taken but let's say there's self-made babe and then there's self-made dude right like that might be confusing quote unquote and that's something that would only come up in a comprehensive search that an attorney does because they have resources, they pay for programs that have algorithms and they pay for team members to review it and they make their analysis, they weigh the risk, and then you can move forward with an application um, if you feel like there's, you know, you still wanna push forward. So I would say like, when you feel that download of, ooh, I wanna kind of commit to this name, then you would go, And at least talk to a lawyer for that comprehensive search. That's the first step. And that to me is worth every penny because, and someone, wow, someone just said, so important, worth every penny to do this. It'll save you tons of marketing dollars down the line in case you have to change it. Exactly. Definitely. You you took the words out of my mouth. That is exactly it. And I'm sure Marie can talk to you all day about how branding is supposed to be for the long-term game. It's supposed to build longevity. So she knows all about the importance of branding. I'm sure she talks to you guys about it all the time but that is where, you know, the law meets up with branding. Branding,
0: yeah. And starting out, I guess, what would be your biggest tips for someone who wants to protect protect themselves from nightmare clients or copycats? Would it just be act?
1: No, yeah. So, you know, we talked about a lot today, but I would definitely say that you don't need to do everything at once. What I would actually do first is, Before, like, even if you can't, if you're like, okay, should I pay for an LLC? Should I pay for a contract? Should I pay for a trademark? Pay for a contract for you and your clients first, because that will protect you against the liability. You know, we have certain disclaimers in there, at least the contracts in my shop have niche specific disclaimers. So, if you're a health coach, there's health, you know, I'm not a doctor. If you're a mindset coach or something, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. If you're a business coach, it's like, you know, I'm not doing these things for you. I'm just coaching you. And I'm not responsible for whatever decisions you make. So I would say getting a niche specific contract is the first most important step because you will protect yourself from liability, which is essentially part of what an LLC does, right. And then you don't have to be like committed to a brand name yet, you're probably just like, putting your name out there as like Nina or whoever. And you don't need to like invest right away in a trademark before you even know if your business idea is profitable if you're getting clients from it and things like that. So I would say first right. and foremost is get a client contract, one that's good. Don't just google it because I'll tell you I've seen even like the ones that come on Honeybook or the ones that come with Dubsado or whatever CRMs offer them. People pay me a lot of money to review those contracts and make sure that they are protected. Right. And at the end of the day, comes out to be like just as much money as if they just got one of my contract templates or hired me from the beginning. So, you know, and then they always come to me like I'm not sure if it's legit. Da, da 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 da. So, just save yourself like the worry and get like a good contract right away, and then you can get your LLC and then you can meet with someone about the trademark because it's important that you have a business entity before you register a trademark because the trademark has to become property of the company of the brand. Like it's kind of pointless if it belongs to you as the person. So that's the order of priorities I would go in.
0: Okay. Thank you, Nina. Now let's dive into the Q and a portion of the podcast, the live podcast episode. So coached by Tatiana asked, what are some key contracts or disclaimers for business coaches?
1: Great. So key contracts would definitely be having a one-on-one client contract. Um, definitely having a separate contract this is something that people don't realize there's a difference between having a one-on-one client contract and then a contract for your course or your passive program whereas like your one-on-one client contract you're probably getting people to sign it right like literally sign it because it's one-on-one but then when you have a program or a course or something like that where it's like they just buy it and then they can access it and there's like a checkbox that says i agree to the terms and conditions in order for that I agree to the terms and conditions to even be valid there needs to be language in the contract that says you agree to the contract by clicking that you know there's different it's more general when it comes to payments it protects you more against failed payment plans it protects you more with um your intellectual property so no one steals it right because in one-on-one you have like a more intimate relationship it's you want to make sure with a one-on-one client contract that people aren't misinterpreting your advice and blaming you for their decision. So disclaimers are way more important. But then in uh, terms and conditions for like your course or your program, you need a totally separate contract because there's different priorities there. So there it's more like making sure your payments are accounted for and making sure that your intellectual property is accounted for. And so those are the two main contracts I would say for like B to C, so business to client, but then you also need a B to B contract, like a collaboration contract. So for example, Marie had me sign a contract for coming on the podcast so that I Nina's can- Nina's use- own
0: contract yeah. from the contract template shop.
1: And um, so that I can make sure that, you know, she can use my content that I'm giving her right now, however she wants, right? She could put it on an IGTV. She could put it on her podcast. If she didn't get a contract for me, I could come back. And get mad at her because you posted my intellectual property, my content, right? Same with like a guest right. workshop, right? Even if you're not paying them to be a guest workshop expert, or whatever, you still want to make sure that you have the right to use their content in your program this time and the next time you offer it and again and again. So those are the three most important contracts. You need a client contract. You need a terms and conditions for your products and a collaboration contract. And I have all of those in my shop, niche specific. So you'll get new specific disclaimers and things like that.
0: Love that answer. Okay. And yeah, you can pick up those specific contracts at Nina's template shop at com. And now, now the discount next- code. What's the
1: discount code?
0: Oh, the discount code is selfmadebabe and you can get 20% off if you use it at the end of, at the time of purchase. So if you want to save some coins, some money, you can use the code selfmadebabe and- buy and save and it applies to all all contracts i believe so the next question is from not so set in stone what would you recommend someone do to protect their digital paid products outside of just copyright so i feel like okay before you answer this um i just want you to clarify my stance on this question because i feel like a lot of people don't know that just by having a website, you're automatically safe, right? You automatically because it, you have a
1: copyright on all right. the content you create, but you don't automatically have the right to sue someone. Like you can send them a letter and say, hey, I own this copy, but technically, if you want to sue someone for stealing your stuff, you would need to register each piece of content and I think that they just changed the law so that like your whole blog you don't have to do every post individually or you don't have to do every Instagram post individually but you used to have to in order to actually get what's called standing to sue someone in court and why that matters is because rather than just having them take it down if you don't have the copyright registered you wouldn't be able to get money damages from them so meaning if someone stole all of your course content or something like that, and they were charging people for it, you wouldn't be able to recover any of that lost money unless you registered the copyright as well. But you do have an automatic copyright. Like you have every right to send people a letter and say, take it down. Or I will, you know, you can't straight up say, or I will sue you, but like it's kind of assumed, but you would need to register the copyright in the meantime.
0: Right. And when you want to protect your digital products again you can just use nina's contract from her contract shop at ninaveranero.com because she has everything that you need there uh let's go into the next question which is how do i know
1: when a lawyer is the right
0: fit do they have to come from the same state
1: That's a great question. You know, it really depends. So for trademark law, it's the same across the US because it's a federal trademark. So because I'm licensed in New York, I would be able to represent Marie in Florida and I do because it's a federal trademark issue for contract drafting like custom contracts like custom negotiation. You could work with a lawyer if like, let's say, you know, Marie is doing business in New York and she really wanted me to look at it. There's a great area where, yeah, I'd be able to represent someone like that and work with them. But, you know, I usually stick to that type of work with businesses in New York because there's enough of them and I have affordable alternatives to hiring a lawyer. So what I do and what I know some other lawyers are starting to do with their contract template shops is when you get a contract template, that's an alternative to hiring a lawyer. So that's basically a lawyer taking their knowledge, putting it in a template, making it more affordable for you to DIY it. This way, you don't have to DIY it from scratch, or you don't have to DIY it from googling and you can have an alternative to going out and seeking a lawyer but as far as like let's say you need a lawyer because you have like litigation which is like a lawsuit or you know you want them to file your trademark or you want a custom created contract and you want them to explain everything to you and one-on-one like that i would say having a lawyer who understands your niche is most important because the biggest complaint that i get from people is that no lawyers really understand what the hell is going on in this online space. And a lot of lawyers charge hourly. So my rate when I first started five years ago was $350 an hour. And we charge in tenths of an hour. So that means every six minutes, it's 35 bucks. So if just for me to answer your one minute question right now, 35 bucks you owe me if I was really your lawyer, right? And it adds up quickly. So if a lawyer doesn't understand what the heck you do, they're going to have to research it. And that's a, that's like $1,000 right there in just them spending a couple hours figuring out what you do. So having a lawyer who practices in your niche and in your state, you know, if you're going to them for something specific in your state is really important.
0: Okay, and then one question that someone submitted through the DMs was how if i don't remember the exact question but it was along the lines of how do i know if i should trademark or not i before you dive in mm-hmm. i want to say that i feel like it depends on the name and if um and if you feel like it's unique enough that someone can come along to steal it or it's like a very brandable name um but if it's just like uh i don't know like nina travels i don't right. think it's necessary to trademark that name but if it's like something that's like very on brand or like something that would definitely make you stand out from everyone else then do so but again i'm not a lawyer so lena what are you your thoughts
1: yeah so it's really also a matter of how committed you are to it so for example my signature contract template i sell like a bundle of all of my contract templates for a way lower price point than each of them individually and for a way lower price point than even one custom contract from a lawyer and that bundle is called the scale your biz bundle. I see a lot of other online entrepreneurs creating bundles. And it wouldn't matter if they're not lawyers, because I want to protect it in the online space. Scale your biz bundle is something I recently filed a trademark application for, because it would suck to me if the bundle co, or if one of those random bundle, of course, companies came out with something called the scale your biz bundle, I would be really upset because I built a very strong reputable brand using the scale your biz bundle people associate that with my contract templates and so it would be misleading to the consumer if someone else like the bundle co came up with the scale your business bundle i'd be pissed i would send them a letter in a heartbeat and tell them to stop using that so if you feel like that if you would be pissed if someone else saw, used your name go ahead and file it nina the lawyer however my handle am i ever going to trademark that no because who is really going to call themselves nina the lawyer like the username's already taken what are they going to name their llc nina like it would just be who really what's the likelihood of someone doing that people do trademark their name like gary v like marie forleo but that's only because they're such huge public figures so right
0: and they don't want people using their name against them right like they don't they just don't want
1: Right. So for example, saying it like Gary Vee posted something the other day about how in one of the, the sneakerheads um, Netflix show, they mentioned Gary Vee. And so I think like you get paid, you know, maybe they get paid royalties or licensing fee. I don't know how they negotiate that, right? but you can get paid for someone using your name or paid for someone saying that you endorse them or, you know, whatever.
0: Right. Okay. So the next question that we have is from design with Hannah. And she says hi nina what are your thoughts on free attorney drafted contract templates that are specific for your niche as a service provider
1: so free attorney drafted contract templates um i'm not aware of any that are free because i i know most of the attorneys in this space and even if they offer them for free it's usually like their freebie that enters them you into a funnel to buy their other contracts so i would say like if it's really free and it's attorney drafted I mean, take a look at it. I would be very hesitant, though, because that's our livelihood. So I can't imagine that a lawyer who actually, like, put a lot of time into it would ever give that away for free because, number one, just by selling templates, that's me cutting into my ability to earn income from having you all come out to me for custom contracts, right? And number two... um, then being able to sell those for free it's like how are they really making their money so it's probably entering you into some kind of funnel or there's some kind of catch for you to kind of come to them for more money down the line so i'd be very wary of free attorney drafted contract templates for your niche but assuming that it is like all good to go you totally trust them you got it for free like through some miracle and not just from being in someone's funnel you know an attorney drafted template for your niche is the way to go that's what my bread and butter is, right? An attorney-drafted template for your different niches. It's a niche-specific shop. So, of course, I would trust it in that respect. But if it's free, I'd be very hesitant at what's the catch.
0: Definitely. So we have Christy, Christy Lays. Not sure if that's how you pronounce the second part. Um, she asked, "What it? what is an LLC? And an LLC is a limited liability company, which... It's a business
1: Some, entity, yeah, yeah. It's
0: it's a business entity, and that's something that you're gonna have to do your own research because we're not gonna talk. I mean, I personally filed as an LLC. I know Nina has personally filed as an LLC to register her business within her state, but I think that's something that you, as a female founder, you as a self-made babe, you as the CEO, you as the business owner, need to do your due diligence on and do research into understanding what an LLC is so that you can make the executive decision to see if you want to register your business as an s-corp c-corp partnership or an llc so i don't want to go into too much detail because i don't want people to think oh i need an llc because it truly depends on your business's needs right
1: sarah lena tv you are coming in as like my biggest cheerleader here and i don't think we've ever met so i love you she says, it took my lawyer two weeks to draft my contracts. Definitely don't use anything free online. It won't be custom. And I can wholeheartedly agree to that. It took me six months to draft my my niche specific templates in my shop and I took that six months based off of eight years of being in the field the only reason why my website privacy policy is free is in exchange for an iTunes review for my podcast I'm trying to grow so that's what I mean where there's always a catch
0: yeah so go go leave a review (laughs) screenshot it get your free website privacy policy and save some money with the self-made babe discount code and get 20% off. Like there's a, there's a bunch of different ways that you can grab Nina and have her inside of your pocket. But those are all the questions that we have today. If anyone has any more questions, feel free to drop them down below. But the last question that I love to ask the female founders that hop on so the self-made babe podcast is, what is one thing you are proud of that you haven't been given the excuse to talk about?
1: So one thing I'm really proud of that I don't really, well, I I guess I do talk about this a little bit is, um, I feel like I give everything a very fair perspective. So even with my contracts, even from the standpoint of being a lawyer, I'm, you know, an advocate for my clients and an advocate for whoever gets my contract templates. Like I have, you know, the version drafted with your best interest in heart, but from being a lawyer for so many years, I've seen how long it can take for negotiating even things like, should there be a comma? Should there be an end or an or? Like semantics play a big role in contracts. And so I've seen how long it can take deals and how deals can go sour through arguing about every little thing. So I feel like even though I'm a great advocate, I try to approach everything with fairness in mind. So with all my contract templates, like I make sure that you're very educated with all the educational material that I provide you so that if anyone ever asks you a question, you're prepared and empowered to read it and understand it. And with that education material, you're also prepared if anyone ever hands you a contract to know how to negotiate it. And I also think that with my templates, I do have like versions where, okay, if you're the guest on a podcast, like this is the language you use. If you're a host, this is the language you use. But all in all, I try to draft it. Whereas like, it's meant to get the deal done. It's meant to save you the time, the hassle, all of that, but also meant to empower you to negotiate if it does come up. And I think that's something that sets me apart as a lawyer, because even other lawyers who I see on the space are very, very like, like, they, they would argue over anything just to benefit their client or their, and I'm not saying I wouldn't. But I do think that, you know, it's important to go into everything with the goal of getting the deal done and being open minded and collaborative versus just like being right. And I think that's what sets me apart from other lawyers and other contract shops and things like that.
0: And that is something that I go over in the Why Your Ego Is Hurting Your Business podcast episode. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in like, you know, understanding your ego and knowing how to manage it for your business, that is a great episode to listen to. But thank you, Nina, for hopping on. Where can people find you? Where can people find your templates? And just give your elevator pitch as we move on.
1: So again, I have a niche specific contract shop for online entrepreneurs. I have every contract for your niche and your need. So again, not reusing and recycling the same contract a million different ways. I have contracts for every different thing. I have a signature bundle where you can save a lot of money by bundling and using templates. And Marie has a code where you can save um, 10% and I'll change it to 20% for the next week for the podcast guests, um, self-made babe. And you can find my templates at ninamarinaro.com slash templates, which is actually the site that Marie did for her new company, The Detailist. She did my site. Full disclosure, I have a couple of copy changes and things to add. So it's, but the template page is done. And then you can also find me. At Nina the Lawyer on Instagram, and I'm always down to chat in the DMs. Just please understand I can't give specific legal advice in the DMs. That's something I reserve for clients, and I do try my best to provide a lot of free resources in my content. Um, if you, you know, you're not in a position where you can even afford in contract templates, I totally understand. So just reach out to me, say hi, and visit my shop and use Marie's code if you are looking for contracts.
0: So I wanted to backtrack on that. I said 20%. I meant to say 10%. I'll make it 20% for the next
1: week.
0: Okay, for the next week. So if you really want to save that money, make sure to buy a contract this week and you can get 20% off. If you're listening in the future, you're going to get 10% off. I don't listen to what I said. (laughs) Uh, I I sing Hannah Montana Transitions in the very beginning of the podcast episode. So don't, don't. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Um, But yeah, don't listen to me. Thank you so much for hopping on, Nina. I appreciate you so much. I wish you the absolute best. And finally, thank you for hopping on. This is the best woman in the entire world. I'm just hyping her up. But honestly, again, thank you for hopping on. Thank you for educating the self-made babe community. And thank you for offering your services at an accessible Great. And if you're listening to the podcast, I hope to see you, or I hope you
1: hear the next one. Thanks, Marie. Bye.